Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Data-Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunski. And uh, my guest today is Lat Mansour. And Lat is from a company that we're especially excited to introduce to the Heads Up community. This is the first time we really talked about an exogenous ketone product on the show, even though we've been doing metabolic therapy for years and years and years. So I think it's, uh, it's definitely long overdue. Welcome to the show. Lad is a PhD. His PhD is in physiology, anatomy, and genetics from Oxford. Also a master's in biotech from Columbia. So uh, he's a smart cookie. He knows a lot about metabolic therapy and a lot about how we can use exogenous ketones and other products along the journey. And we're going to dive into how to put these products into use in in day-to-day application, both for individuals and then also for practitioners who are working with clients or patients, depending on the type of practice you're in, how to introduce these into the program and into the protocol. And then in the spirit of data-driven health radio, we're going to talk about how do you, how do you measure the effects of these products, both acutely and then over time, and, and, and how can individuals and practitioners start to um, see the benefits of these products in some of the diagnostic lab data, maybe the data coming back from different devices. So welcome to the show, Mr. Lat. Thank you very much, Dave. And Glad we got, to be here. Yeah, thank you. you. You guys have been on our radar screen for a long time. You guys were the OGs in, in exogenous ketones. So you guys have been doing this for a while. Tell us just a little bit of, of the history about the company and, and how you guys really in my opinion, we're first to market with this. And, and, and how did that all come about? Um, I think it started all the way in like 2016, where our co-founders, Jeff and Michael, um, decided to look into the science around biohacking because they were already quite big around nootropics and intermittent fasting, metabolic health. So exogenous ketone was just the next step where you know how do we hack the system so that we can get all the benefits of fasting and um, calorie restriction or uh, ketogenic diet without going through that um, sort of grueling you know diet or grueling like you know uh, fasting period and still get the ketones and that was when they started doing the research and then they spoke to University of Oxford um, Professor Kieran Clark I um, got the license to market the first ketone ester um, in the world in 2017, I believe. I didn't join the company, unfortunately, until 2019, where they already got a uh, phase two STTR, um, which is a contract with the government, a military contract, because they did a phase one before um, showing a, uh, exogenous ketones managed to mitigate the decline of cognitive function in hypoxia so then the government was like well you've you've done the proof of concept you you prove that it works so let's expand this research into a bigger population with more uh, data points again data driven right this is very uh, relevant um how do we convince everyone that this actually works especially for military personnel who are operating in high altitude where they're always exposed to low oxygen environment, which is hypoxia. So I came in, joined the company in 2019, became their research lead, and also became their principal investigator for this particular project. So yeah, there you go. A little bit of a ketone history with uh, HVMN. Yeah, I, I recall from the early days that, that the original studies on exogenous ketones were in hypoxia environments. It, it did come out of military applications where they where they did see a, a big benefit in a very specific use case. And, and I've personally been <clears throat> involved in the world of ketogenic therapy for a really, really long time. And I remember some of the first products, and, and they're still on the market, are actually um, the salts. And, yeah. and, and that was kind of the, those came out first. But for those who are listening and, and who have never used these products before, could you just maybe distinguish between the two in terms of uh, the difference and, and just give us like a really like basic newbie overview on exogenous ketone. And, and then I'll go into some more specific questions around how can we strategically apply these products? Of course. Um, so let's start with the definition of ketone bodies. So ketone bodies are essentially substrates that our body make 
from fat when we are running low on um, sugar, carbs, and glycogen stores. Mm -hmm. So that is achieved via intermittent fasting or ketogenic diet. So the three main ketone bodies that our body make are beta-hydroxybutyrate, acetoacetate, and acetone. The first one, beta-hydroxybutyrate, is the main um, ketone body that is used for metabolism and energy. Having said that, exogenous ketone is one form or another that increases the beta-hydroxybutyrate levels in the body. Ketone salts are essentially beta-hydroxybutyrate bound with a salt, whether it's sodium, potassium, magnesium. So you have BHB bound to a salt because BHB is a um, acid. So it can be bound to a salt chemically and you're consuming the BHB directly and then your body processes it and increases your blood BHB. Ketonesters, on the other hand, um, are BHB bound to a butane diol. The difference is the, the bond itself is an ester bond and that's why it's called ketonester. And when you ingest ketonesters, you will then cleave the molecule into half. So you get a BHB molecule and a butane diol molecule. The BHB molecule will go directly into your bloodstream and increase your blood BHB level, while butane diol will go to your liver and gets converted into BHB as well, giving that extra boost um, of elevated blood BHB level. Nice, you get two so for one. The, exactly. So, so the difference here is that um, ketone salt, it can't elevate your blood ketones level too high because you, it, while it is, it may be dose dependent, you can't really pile up the consumption of ketone salts because it does increase the risk of GI issues with the increased uh, salt load. Okay, that's extremely helpful. So then hypothetically speaking, if, if you were to take a normal serving of the esters, the uh, mm -hmm. HVMN ester, for example, or maybe maybe a, a normal serving versus a large serving, uh, and, and you were testing your, your blood ketones with yeah. a meter, for example, yeah. when might you start to see the numbers go up? You know, in my own just kind of like anecdotal testing, it's somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes, I'll start seeing the curve come up. What kind of curve could I expect? Like, how high would I... Obviously, it's going to be dependent on the individual. There's yep. tons of external factors, like was the person even in ketosis before they started, et cetera, et cetera. But yep. uh, just general rule of, rules of thumb, what are you seeing out there in terms of like um, how long does it take to kick in and, and what might I see on the meter at various stages, all else being equal? So, so let me clarify this first as well. Um, so the ketone ester that we talked about um, was pretty much our version one. Um, and we no longer sell ketone esters. And right now, what we have is ketone IQ, which is not a ketone ester. So gotcha. it's made of chirally pure R13 butane diol. Mm -hmm. So remember what I said about ketone ester, it's BHB bound with yep. butane diol. So yep. we took half of that and made it R, uh, uh, chirally pure R13 butane diol. And that's what ketone IQ is. Uh, now, the reason we, we came up with that is um, two, twofold, right? Um, one, we want to still keep that efficacy. And we know that, you know, from the ketone ester studies, we know that butanol does increase blood BHB. Two, we want to improve the taste. Oh, and the, three, the third point is also um, price point, right? Um, R13 butanol allow us to really scale up production and also uh, allow us to start with a lower price point per gram of, of um, exogenous ketone here gotcha. um, for consumption, especially for people for therapeutic health, um, for metabolic health and, and therapeutic users where people might have to consume it on a daily basis. So that, you know, compared to our previous ketone ester, which was $33 per dose, which is around 25 grams, it seems too expensive to have multiple dose per day or even one dose per day. Whereas now we have a $40 um, per hundred grams of RN3-butane diol. And that is why you know, it became a much more practical option and um, uh, for consumption. So in terms of elevation of blood, blood ketones, so the curve that we have seen, ketone ester versus ketone IQ, um, ketone esters, you will see an elevation up to three to five millimolar. 
within half an hour. And it will stay up for about four hours, depending on your activity. Um, and, and that's a very high spike because of the presence of the BHB um, and BDO, right? So you get both the BHB and BDO. And the BHB is the quick spike. And then the BDO is the slower releasing um, spike um, by the liver. Whereas ketone IQ, you won't see that huge spike in the beginning. It will start gotcha. elevation, elevating within half an hour. You will still see elevation within half an hour, but I'll, I would say around like, you know, one millimolar. And then it will continue going up. We have seen, we have seen peaks at about two to three hours where um, it's dose dependent as well. It goes up to like 2.5 and it will stay up if you, you know, if you're at rest and not doing exercise or activity it stays up above 1.0 millimolar up to six hours nice. so depending <laughs> on what usage you want so in our sort of conversations with all the researchers in metabolic health they want something that they can easily take without having to top up often you know because obviously they're they're cognizant of, of the cost as well um something that tastes better than, than ketoacid because ketoacid is terribly bitter um and they want something that that can last you know elevate the blood ketone levels as long as possible so that they can reap all the benefits you know um throughout the day um and then they can take another dose before they go to bed and just keep that ketosis so there's a lot of really really incredible information that you just dropped on us there so let's just uh, unpack it a little bit yeah. so there are different applications than it sounds like if, if you did need for a very specific use case, you know, just a shorter, yeah. higher spike, for example. Yeah. Okay. And, and yeah. there may be reasons to do that. Like I used to back in the days of the salts, for example, if I had a big presentation at work, for example, or I was speaking like you and I were talking about KetoCon, which is right around the corner. And I was yeah. giving a presentation in front of a large group, or I was doing anything where I just needed a performance edge. I would, I would pop it 60 minutes before and pretty much without failure, this was subjective, but I, I always felt like I was delivering a really, really uh, high performance output whenever I did that. Yep. So I was just using them as a short-term performance hack, but, and I'm just sharing some examples that may be helpful for the listeners, but I also coach a lot of people. For example, I work with a number of um, professional poker players. And they're sitting at the table for a very long time <laughs> and they need to perform at an extremely high cognitive level for a very hard, long time. They, they probably would not want the, the quick spike and then the tail off. The they, quick, they, yeah. They'd want a slow burn. And then I also, we also work with a lot of people who deal with things like epilepsy, for example, or mm -hmm. they have other issues, conditions, let's call them, where mm -hmm. they need the long-term elevation where yeah. they may need to stay in a state of elevated ketosis for a very long periods of time. Yeah. So that, that would be an application for the, uh, a better application for the IQ, just knowing that you're going to stay in the sweet spot. If you're staying above 1.0 for up to six hours, man, it's incredible. So yeah. that helps me understand. And then the price point as well, like you said, if you're yeah. using this for a, a medical application and you've got to be taking this thing several times per day, yeah, it's it's got to be affordable yeah. as well. So it, it sounds like that's how you guys have come at it, which is how can we then optimize this thing for continuous application, consistent daily yeah. use, affordable daily use and long sustained performance boost. Is, is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. And in fact, um, you know, before this, we always thought higher is better you know, more ketone is always better. Um, but certain papers um, have actually illustrated, you know, in the past year or so that higher does not necessarily mean, necessarily mean better because one paper says between zero to two millimolar blood BHB, you get a high oxidation of ketone. You get an, an elevation of oxidation, which is what we expect. But yeah, when you, you want to burn them, two, you want to uptake them. When you go from two to four, that oxidation rate reduces significantly so you get a diminishing return so you you still get an improved um oxidation oxidation rate but not as high as you know totally zero, makes zero to two yeah yep. and then another paper also showed for athletes they when they are 
blood BHB is too high, they increase their cardiorespiratory stress biomarkers mm-hmm. because they saw a decrease in pH because BHB, as I said earlier, it's an acid, right? So you are decreasing the blood pH and increasing acidity here. So yes, what yes. they are feeling is they are increasing their heart rate, they're increasing their breathing rate to expel the carbon dioxide in order to buffer out the acidity. So gotcha. they, they have a higher rate of perceived exertion without an improvement in performance. So you're just working, granted, they did not do worse compared to placebo, but they did not improve either, but you just feel like you're doing more work. So who won that? If you just feel like you're doing more work, you're not actually winning the That's race. That's not biohacking. <clears throat> we we yeah, want to exactly. feel like we're doing less work and get yeah. better output. Exactly, exactly. So, so that... You know, so far there is one only one paper, so I think a lot more to unpack, a lot more to investigate there. Um, what is the sweet spot? What is the Goldilocks zone of blood BHP level for performance? What is the Goldilocks zone for diabetes, for you know, glucose control? What is the Goldilocks zone for best, you know, sleep performance, you know, recovery? So, I think there's so many areas now, and so many researchers are, are, are increasingly. I'm building all the interesting questions around exogenous ketones and its use cases that it's such a, a, a vigorous area of, of research at the moment. Yeah, it's, um, it's incredibly exciting that, you know, it, it was not long ago that, that, that the whole world of even just putting your body into ketosis was like this novel idea, even though we've had this machinery since, the yeah. dawn of time, yeah. basically. I remember just a few short years ago, oh, wow, if I just restrict my carbohydrates or do some fasting, my, my body produces these magical compounds. And, and that's how the whole craze really started. And, and you get these wonderful appetite suppression benefits. I remember the first time I actually put my body into measurable ketosis. A little bit of backstory on heads up for whoever is listening. <clears throat> you know, I had built, I had built the dashboard Mm-hmm. Basically, and as a free product that we had put out on the market, my one of my early business partners and I, and the first people that really, really started using our system, started seeing these people logging in five, six, seven, ten times a day, and we were flattered that somebody somebody thought that we had built something useful. So we we emailed these people, and they said, "Yeah, we're on the keto diet, and your dashboard's the only place I can like record my ketones, record my blood sugar." sync my carbs and my macros basically from my fitness pal. And so in the olden days, you know, we used to have to do it the hard way to get these, these benefits. And and now we have companies like yours that are basically bringing these products to market that, that can deliver those benefits instantly. And, and, and the amount of science and research coming into this field is incredible. We just came from metabolic health summit, which yeah. is one of the premier scientific events of the year that are really pushing the forefront of ketogenic therapy into all kinds of different medical applications. Some of the new ones this year I saw at the event were around spinal cord injuries and and the use cases keep expanding every year. We're like, we're finding more places where this is helpful. And and now the- cardiovascular yeah, disease. Yeah. And, and the tech, your technology is getting so good, you know, that it's making this accessible to people, even for a lot of people who wanted ketone benefits in the early days, it's still very hard for people to make the nutritional changes required when you're heavily dependent on a Western diet and your body has been conditioned to carbohydrates for decades. You know, it, it honestly took me years of, of, on and off the carb wagon before I, my body just completely became 100% metabolic flexible, where I can just mm-hmm. absolutely control it at will. But right. I remember for the first couple of years, even if I fell off the wagon and had some uh, refined flour or some something like that, it would take me like a week or two to get back onto a low carb diet. I, I don't, I think a lot of the reasons relate to the microbiome in, in addition to other reasons, but now you can use the technology of um, products like yours available to everyone. You know, some of the, um, some of the ways I've, I've seen these be especially helpful are for one, people who are new 
to a ketogenic diet and and they're yeah. trying to get into ketosis for the first time but it's really hard because yeah. like you're addicted to carbs or yeah. sugar or whatever refined whatever you know what i mean and and so a, a few applications for anyone who's listening are first of all just taking them in the morning to just provide a little bit of a bridge into ketosis okay i'm gonna go zero carb or low carb I'm going to be on the struggle bus here for a couple of days until my body kicks into ketosis. You know, yeah. these are just a beautiful way to like smooth out the journey, if you will. And it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll provide some immediate appetite suppression, some immediate energy boost, some immediate reduction of food craving. I remember the first time I got my body into ketosis yeah. and I tested it with a blood ketone. It was yeah. the first time in my life where I felt like I had absolute 100% control over my food choices. Mm. I'd, I'd never had that level of control over craving or food in my life. And it was so pronounced that it was an incredible aha moment for me. I, I'd never felt that you could put my favorite food right in front of my face and I could just push it away. Like when your brain's on ketones, that was the level of self-regulation that I had. And, and we're all looking for that level of self-regulation, especially with food, because in many cases, food is engineered to be hyper palatable, right? That's, that's how mm -hmm. food companies exist and not all food companies, but, but a lot of food is engineered to be as tasty as possible. So you got food companies building stuff to make it as hard as possible to resist. Yeah. Right. Irresistible. That's their job. Uh, but, yeah. but, but what defenses do we have? We need to make sure that we have the self-regulation to resist said food. So even just yeah. getting it to ketosis first time, but it was hard. It's like, I'd never restricted carbs before. I like, what does 20 grams even mean? It's like, you know, for the average Joe that there's a, there's a pretty big cognitive hurdle just to even figure out keto, honestly, like, okay, so how do I figure out this whole macros thing? And like, I got to read all the labels and yeah. Make sure there's no hidden carbs. You're, it, it's a big leap for a lot of people. So what do you think of that first use case lot where it's just like, this is a nice baby step into the world and it'll, it'll make it easier for you to learn this whole thing and, and have some success. Is that a fair assessment of, of the use case? Absolutely. I mean, we, we have been saying that, to, you know, on our website and our FAQ as well, like it, it serves as a bridge to people who want to be on ketogenic diet. Because a lot of questions came about when customers asked, can I take ketone IQ if I'm not on ketogenic diet? And we're like, absolutely. You know, that's the whole point of exogenous ketones is so that you can have the benefit of ketones regardless of the diet that you're on and um, based on your own use cases and based on whatever goal you're trying to achieve. And if you are trying to go into ketogenic diet, as you said, you know, you might struggle for a bit. You might, you know, you, you might have to reevaluate your relationship with food, your relationship yeah, with carbs. Yeah. And, you know, this will provide that, that appetite suppression, that, you know, food craving suppression, as well as, you know, if you are intermittent fasting, for example, that also helps in giving you energy throughout the day. Now, granted, what I tell people is like, it, it does contain calories. So if you are doing intermittent fasting for autophagy, then it does break your fast because it contains calories. But if you're doing intermittent fasting to get into ketosis or to lose weight or to calorie restrict yourself, then this could prove to be quite supplement, uh, supplementary um, to, to your fasting um, regime because it does provide you with clean energy. It doesn't have any carbs. It, um, it gives you the mental clarity, but on top of that, um, it, it powers through, it powers you through the day, um, without having a full blown meal. So well, that's the next uh, use case. That's really interesting is assisting with fasting. You know, for a lot yeah. of people, it's just a miserable concept, you know what I mean? In general, yeah. uh, I'm yeah. at the point now where I actually love it. Um, I feel so good after I'm like 36 hours into a fast. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I actually feel better than when I'm eating food, but it's taken me a while to get there. You know, just right. the psychological idea of fasting. It's a little uncomfortable. I'm hungry. So it's also a really nice compliment to intermittent mm. fasting where you may want to go 12, 18, 24 hours and use this throughout the experience, just kind of to like grease the skids a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah, the second sure. one I wanted to call out was like, as a compliment to fasting, I use that, um, 
I do a lot of three-day water fasting and uh, mm-hmm. I'm not in, I'm not um, maniacal about being completely zero carb. Like uh, right. a little bit of exogenous ketones I can tolerate. They actually make the experience better. It's mm-hmm. like, you're already flying really high when you're doing extended yeah. fasting and, and you're on ketones yeah. and this just makes it better, but a, a bridge and a, as an adjunct therapy to fasting, whether it's intermittent fasting, I'd call that a shorter term type of a thing, 1824, or you're doing extended multiple day. I think it's another beautiful way to integrate this type of product. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, um, I would agree. But the only caveat, like I said, um, it really depends on um, the goal of the fast sure. as well. Yeah. Like if you're doing autophagy, you don't want to have any calories in because you're forcing your body to recognize that it's in survival mode. Hence, you don't want to put any calories in. It's going to go into survival mode and it'll start cleaning itself out. Autophagy, um, reusing, recycling and, and, and eliminating whatever yeah. waste um, that is in your body. Cool. Okay. So um, we've covered just like a bridge into ketosis. We've talked a little bit about intermittent fasting. I think another area that would be really interesting to talk about is uh, how can they help with with glucose control? So, um, I mean, there, there would be obvious benefits. This is just my layman's interpretation of it, and you can correct me. But mm. if I'm using, if I'm using an, an exogenous ketone product, I'm, I'm naturally going to have increased ability to self-regulate my food choices. I'm naturally mm-hmm. going to have a little bit of appetite suppression and just, just by default, it's going to help me make better choices and yep. lower glucose. But mm-hmm. are there other applications where even if I am making a bad choice and I have the ketones in me, do they somehow kind of like cancel out the postprandial blood sugar or something like that? Can you educate us on, on how those things fit together? That's a very interesting question. And it is an area that is still very new in research, probably in the past two, two three years. Um, Professor Jonathan Little from University of British Columbia published three papers, at least. Uh, I think she probably published more now. But um, the initial three papers were on um, acute use of ketone esters in healthy individuals, acute use of ketone esters in obese individuals, and then um, use of ketone ester in, for 14 days in obese individuals. And all of them looked at, you know, insulin, blood glucose and all that. And they took it, you know, after they had nice. food. So post-prendial. Oh, and they saw consistently um, there is a slight drop of glucose, of blood glucose after they consume exogenous ketone. Now, exogenous ketone meaning ketone ester and so far ketone IQ also shown the same pattern. Um I don't believe ketone salt has the same effect. I don't know if it's because it doesn't raise the blood BHP high enough because the hypothesis around why blood glucose is going down after you can blunt it a little bit. So the hypothesis around it is that if your blood BHP is high enough, it somewhat gives the signal to the liver to temporarily seize or downregulate gluconeogenesis which yep. is to produce its own it. glucose so cool. within within your own body because your body's saying that, hey, you know, you've got enough substrate in the body to create energy now. Why don't you dial down the gluconeogenesis a little bit? So that is the, the, the theory, the hypothesis so far, but we haven't really explored into, you know, confirming that or, or validating that. Um, but surely, you know, it, it certainly has a place for um, people who, you know, want to go back and say, say you're on ketogenic diet and, and you were invited to a birthday party, had a piece of cake, you know, you had a high glucose. Now you want to go back into ketosis really quickly and you want to lower your blood glucose, take a shot of, of ketone IQ. That's what I usually do sort of cheating, but at the same time, like it does bridge that, that ketone ketosis um, much quicker. And on top of that, I don't know if you, you feel like for me personally, if I, have been on a low carb diet for a bit. And if I introduce quite a large amount of carbs um, and glucose, I have that glucose crash. Like I just feel very lethargic. I just want to have a nap. Um, having a shot of ketone IQ actually stops that for me. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I think it, it, it really depends on individuals. Um, and, and, you know, on another like 
point to prove the, the effect of of ketones in, in, in glucose control and in diabetes as well. I mean, Verta Health has been doing, you know, tremendous work in using ketogenic diet to treat uh, diabetes. But granted, we know that, you know, ketogenic diet is naturally low, very low restricted in, in carbs anyway. So you are already restricting in carbs. And then, you know, to add ketogenesis and, and ketosis on top of that is just a bonus. Yeah, you, you brought up Verda. It's, it's such an incredible example where they're they're bringing ketogenic therapy into the standard of care, which yeah. is really cool. Just just tangentially, do you know if they're using uh, ex exogenous ketones in their protocols? No, no, they are they are not at the moment. That'd be pretty um, sweet. I, That's a nice partnership I, opportunity there. You guys are right down I, the street. Yes, and I did uh, talk to uh, no Dr. C Finney, um, yeah. and he he gave me a challenge essentially because um, and he has a point and and you know we here at HVMN we always stand for the transparency and we stand for the science and we stand for a win-win situation for mm -hmm. both the company and for the people. So Steve Finney um, posed a challenge that you know he said how much ketones can my body create in a day, right? He said about like 75 to 100 grams. And that is free from your ketogenic diet. Exogenous ketones, can you make it free, <laughs> right? How am I going to compete with ketogenesis, with endogenous ketones? If you you can just use it as you know use ketogenic diet versus fair point. Um, ketone IQ, it's just the matter of cost. Yep. Um, and 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 I can always argue about the adherence, right? They have been proving that you know there's quite high adherence amongst the people, and they've published these papers. So one point to argue is okay, adherence. Um, what if some people you know the exogenous ketones might give these people some form of flexibility? in ketogenic diet, it will allow them to at least have a bit of carbs. And then it boils down to the end user. Do they even want that flexibility? Or do they actually want a strict regime where Understood. they're stuck to their ketogenic diet? So there's still a lot of work to be done here to really optimize the final product of Ketone IQ. We can always, and we always do, um, you guys are already better. iterating on the product just based on absolutely. the way that you've kind of forked it from the original. Um, yeah, type absolutely. Of I mean, they can, it can always be cheaper. It can always taste better. It can always act better. It can always be more efficacious. It's science, it's technology, right? Whatever data that's out there, that's, that's a great um, point here. It, it, that, that's the perk of my job is, to be able to have these kind of conversations with all the researchers around the world who are doing research in different areas, but all involving both endogenous and exogenous ketones and really understand where the state of the art is and where the current state of science around ketones is. Um, and that is very important because then we know where to steer our product towards. You know, what is actually proving to work what molecule is actually proving to yeah. what do people actually want do they want a big spike and then a drop or do they want something that lasts as long as possible before they top up another dose you know do they want something that you know is between x and y range of blood bhb or do they want a general like anything above 0.5 so all those questions have always been asked consistently within our company um and me as a research lead also you know it's my job to go out there and find uh, all these resources to be able to answer them um to both internal and and external parties so you get to keep your hands in all the different uh pies out there, all the research being done, you're just kind of looking across the landscape and looking at what are the different types of studies coming out? What are the different demands from consumers? You guys have a huge direct to consumer business, a fantastic brand out of the market. So you're obviously hearing it from the individuals who are using it, <clears throat> all the biohackers, Absolutely. all the people using ketogenic therapy. Then you've got the research aspect. Where, where is that going? How do, how do these products fit in? So you get to look across the landscape and then you're bringing that feedback back into the product team. Is that correct? That is definitely a privilege that I'm very grateful to have.
Cool. Let's talk about high performance applications. I mentioned one example earlier where Mm -hmm. you have a use case around someone who is sitting at a poker table with some of the top players in the world going, you know, head, head to head, for example, long days, that would be one application sport, high performance sport. That's a different type of application where it may not be a sustained long-term unless it's an endurance type of an event, for example. So um, what are you guys seeing out there? What's the state of the art in, in using these products in, in high performance applications, any specific uh, nuggets you want to share with us? Sure. I mean, exogenous ketones have been used very ubiquitously in endurance sports, especially in triathlon, in um, cycling, and Tour de France. You know, they had a whole article um, published on how cyclists in Tour de France used ketonesters from uh, HVMN before. So that was really big. And, you know, are they allowed at this day and age? Sorry to interrupt yes, you, Lad. Is, is, is this so, permitted in, in, in competitive sport? Yes, it is because all our products are also third uh, party um, tested for banned substance and water compliant. So all of that is covered. Usually athletes, they will ask for it and we'll send them, um, you know, ask them what batch, what lot they, they have, yeah. all the certificates, everything is done. Uh, and we obviously we have the FDA um, grass as well, which is generally recognized as safe. So we got all the paperwork covered and and as I said, you know, earlier, we're all about, you know, the transparency and the science and making sure that people are getting what we say they're getting. Um, so for endurance wise, we, we have seen papers and, and studies that showed improvement when fasted. So that was the, the big paper in 2016 in some metabolism um, that showed 2% improvement when the cyclists were fasted. And then another group repeated that, that study with fat cyclists because they were like, well, you know, no one's going to go into a race faster. So let's, let's replicate a more ecological setting here. So they saw no, no improvement in the fed group. And then they repeat that again. Um, but this time, knowing that the increase in blood BHB decreases um, blood pH and, and increased acidity, they added sodium bicarbonate and that improved um, performance by, by 5%. So, so that current um, understanding of, of the protocol is that balancing or buffering the intake of ketone esters with sodium bicarbonate did improve performance in, in endurance um, athletes. The, now people ask, how does that apply or translate into ketone IQ? Um, what I tell people is that ketone IQ does not spike your blood BHB that high. And in fact, it's a much slower releasing, slow burn. Um, yeah. slow burn. So um, you possibly don't have to buffer it because it doesn't go um, to that level. And it, it, because our blood, our body, obviously, you know, in homeostasis balances and buffer itself out. So it gives the, the body time to, to, balance that that acidity out and hopefully you know that way we can already see um an improvement in performance without having to to either be fasted uh nor having a sodium bicarbonate um buffer so currently we are running a study with university of north georgia uh, to replicate the use of ketone ester in cognitive and physical performance, but this time using ketone IQ. Hopefully the data data completion, data collection will be complete in August. Um, and we are looking to present at the National Strength and Conditioning Association conference next year, hopefully with that data as well. Cool. So you've got endurance athletes. And I think that was really kind of, you know, just going back to the old Steve Finney books, the art and science of low carb living, the art and science of low carb performance it was really these ultra endurance athletes who <clears throat> had really put keto on the map because they yeah. had they had gone through a full four-week fat adaptation probably a little longer than that even before competition so yeah this is not a matter of where they said hey i'm just gonna carb restrict for a couple of days before the competition and go in they had carb restricted and been in ketosis for up to four plus weeks where according to the books if my knowledge is still accurate that, that's a full adaptation of every cell in the body, you know, weeks mm-hmm. of, of ketosis. And then yeah. they went into the endurance, ultra endurance race in this primed state and, and were not dependent on any type of external fueling at all, like yeah. the, the gels and whatever the other people were using. And, and they had extremely successful 
outcome. And, and I might I might want to add as well that uh, these protocols that I just mentioned for endurance um, athletes and endurance exercise is that they have been taking exogenous ketones, but also they have been taking the standardized um, fueling strategies, which means about sixty grams or one gram per, uh, one gram of carbs per um, kilogram of body weight per hour. So that's what they have been using. So they're using essentially a hybrid fuel gotcha. um, system where they have both carbs and ketones. And somehow we have also shown that um, that system itself does have a glycogen sparing effect. And that is also what pushes um, these endurance cyclists or endurance athletes uh, a bit further. Um, and then the same group that used sodium bicarbonate to buffer the acidity of um, ketone esters, they also did another study to look at uh, to look at overreaching symptoms and recovery. So three weeks study, they gave the cyclist ketones and proteins and carbs after their workout as well as uh, before bed, and they saw an improvement of fifteen percent work output at the end of three uh, the third week. So um, you know, to me, that compounding factor of, of using it for recovery is definitely very significant. Well, it's interesting that you're starting to see hybrid strategies. That yeah. That's new to me where you're using the exogenous ketone, but you're also taking 50 to 60 grams of carbs per day. And, and what you're saying is those, those protocols can deliver equal levels of performance relative to someone who had been purely ketogenic. Am I understanding yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a whole... That's the whole idea and the benefits of um, exogenous ketone is that you're, totally. you don't need to you get be the best on of both a worlds. ketogenic diet. You get the best yeah. of both worlds. So you can't, so there, it is not a possible physiological state where your body has both carbs and ketones to, to choose from. Well, not in the natural world, but there is exactly, now. Exactly. Exactly. So this creates that. And, and what we have seen is that that gives your body because your body will just, you know, choose whatever that it, it can burn and it, it burns most efficiently. And that has been proven to really give your body the advantage um, to, to go further or go faster. And, and that is exactly why um, when athletes start using ketone IQ for performance, we always tell them to use it together with carbs um, because you know, one dose of, of ketone IQ is like, what, 70 calories? It's impossible for it to sustain your whole, you know, um, endurance race, right? You'll be burning your own, your own storage. And if you're already on ketogenic diet, you barely have any glycogen in, in your body. So you are burning your other, your fat storage and all that. And if the, the process of conversion of lipolysis and all of that does not catch up to your activity, you're just going to bonk out. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, the hybrid fuel system is, is quite helpful because it lets your body um, balance itself out as well as it gives your body time to decide, okay, am I burning the glycogen now? Am I, am I mobilizing all the fats now while I'm burning the glycogen or, you know, am I, am I burning the ketones and all of that? And on top of that, one thing that most people, because when these studies are published, they, they look at performance, they look at glycogen sparing, they look at muscles, um, metabolism. Another point is also the subjective feeling of cognition, like cognitive uh, benefit. Yeah. So yeah. that is another really profound effect of exogenous ketones that I have experienced is that when you are at the verge of passing out, you are so fatigued. And the only thing that is pushing you forward is your mental strength and resilience. This puts me in that zone and, and really gives me that, that clear thinking process where I can just, just focus, hyper-focus on one thing. And that is especially uh, useful for, for me going weightlifting, for example, and, and strength training, because I'm not going for the marathon. I'm not going for the endurance, right? So I, I can't measure, you know, how long can I burn the substrates for, but instead it gives me that mental focus that, okay, I'm going to do this heavy lift, um, get into the, in, into the zone, engage whatever muscle groups that I need to engage, make sure my form is correct. You know, I'm alert, everything, I can feel everything and, and do it correctly. 
Yeah, I love that. So I also really love the idea of having this now flexibility to do a hybrid strategy. It doesn't mean that you can uh, smack back a few donuts and a pizza, but it, what it does mean is you might have some really nutrient dense carbohydrate sources, for example, sweet potato, as an yeah. example, or, or other like the, the highest quality carbohydrate sources so that you get the benefit. And, and those have other benefits around just um, uh, hormonal health and other things where you can still really give the, the amount of carbohydrates in the body to keep hormone levels optimal, do, do long, long-term ketogenic diets, maybe reduce a lot of the um, downside of, of long-term keto if, if that's what you want to do. So knowing that you can layer that in, and now you have a, a world where you can have both fuels in the body, which yeah. was largely impossible uh, up until this type of um, products came to market. So it's, it's interesting to see that these hybrid strategies are coming out. Uh, I want to just talk a, a little bit more about performance applications and then just recap it here for everybody. So if, if I'm understanding things, if... Um, Let's just recap. So if, if I just want to use them acutely, right, I, I haven't yeah. been following a ketogenic diet at all, but I want to use these for a you know, big presentation at a conference or something like that. Yeah. You know, just acute applications. I carry this in my backpack with me everywhere. So yeah. like everybody listening needs to have a couple bottles of these in the backpack at all times. And you can just yeah. use them acutely. Like, yeah. I need to snap in my focus for a couple hours. I'm a little lethargic or I have a big performance event coming up. I play uh, competitive tennis here. I, I'll take them before I, I play a, a competitive sport. So there's those acute applications. You can um, also use them. It sounds like if you are already in a state of ketosis and, and you want to perhaps um, amplify the uh, effects of that, of mm. that state, so you'd have the body producing exogenous ketone. Maybe you're at a low level of nutritional ketosis, 0.5 millimeters, millimolars yeah. or something like that. And this mm -hmm. can give you that little push, you know, up into like maybe the 1.5 yeah. millimolar range. And then exactly. if, you're, if you're already in a very, very deep state of therapeutic ketosis, maybe you've been fasting for several days, or maybe you're on a, a cancer protocol or an epilepsy protocol where you have to be in a therapeutic ketosis, which is going to be like a glucose ketone index, like less than three. I've even pushed mine less than one before, which is super intense. I would imagine that, it, would you recommend it in that use case as well? Or you are, your body's already so deep that that you wouldn't recommend it? What's the best practice there? Um, so what we have seen, uh, interestingly enough, um, unlike ketone ester, ketone IQ, if you're already in deep state of ketosis, let's say you are already at two, right? Um, it doesn't increase your, it, it's not directly um, proportionate to- It's not just gonna to, double it, for example. It's not gonna double it. It's gonna- The body will because, regulate it somehow. Exactly, because it's being gatekept by your liver. So your liver is going to have the signal that says, you know, your blood ketone is quite high now. So it will. So what we have seen is like the person with, you know, 2.3, you know, 2.4, they'll go up to 2.5 or six. Gotcha. And then now what does the ketone IQ do then? You know, people are like, oh, so why do I need it? It actually prolongs that period of that. high, high ketosis. Cool. So, so depending on what your goals are, you know, if, yeah. if you think, at two millimolar, that's more than enough. What you need, you already have the mental focus. You already have the energy. Um, or if you are, you know, fasting and you are low energy, but you have high ketosis, um, then maybe one shot will, will give you that, that boost of energy, right? Cool. Because it is calories going in. So even though you are creating your own ketones, um, this one is external calories that you're putting in that, that would essentially, you know, create energy uh, via metabolism. Yeah, I also think it's important that, that we mentioned for people listening that you can test yourself if you've never yes. tested ketones before. You know, that was something that even a few short years ago, I remember the days where we had to like scour the web for test strips from Australia because the precision extra strips in the U.S. here were like $5 a strip. You know, it wasn't that long ago that that was the, 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 the state. I remember ordering all my ketone strips on eBay from pharmacies yeah. in Australia. 
they were like, I could get them for like a dollar twenty a strip or a dollar forty right. a strip. Because in the US, right. for lots of reasons we don't need to get into, you know, the companies could charge five dollars a strip. Now mm-hmm. we're at the point where it's like, I don't know, it's like down to pennies on the dollar to test ketones. So if you've never tested, that's actually one of the most rewarding parts about this whole thing. And yep. you can get really, really good ketone meters on the market nowadays. And, and that'll give you some really accurate biofeedback that you're doing things correctly. And you can start to see how the product is changing your metabolic profile, your blood sugar and your ketones. So lots of easy yeah. ways and affordable ways to test lots of incredible products like HVMN that are out on the market now that just have incredible benefits across the board, you know, e- e- providing just out of the box benefits of ketogenic therapy for people who are new or people who really struggle even to get into ketosis. And then on the other side of it, there's the medical applications. And then there's also the high performance applications and, and it just keeps getting better and better. What's, what's possible and what tools are accessible. These are not expensive tools. These are not cost prohibitive. These are tools available to anyone who's really interested in being their best self every single day, unlocking the secrets of your body's performance. It's just something that is um, incredibly exciting. So um, in closing here, are there any um, recommendations you would give for people who are just starting out here? Or, or maybe if you could share some of your the top resources on your website for people who want to learn more. And just if, if they're listening, how do they, um, how do they get started here? Because I'm sure we've piqued the curiosity, not just of our end users on the system, but if you are one of the practitioners on the Heads Up platform, working with clients on metabolic therapy, and, and you're working with people who you know may struggle with a ketogenic diet or who need a little extra help or who want to use these in fasting. I use them with people I work with in high performance applications. It's just an awesome performance hack. And if you're a high performance coach on our system, layering this into the stack, incredible. So lots of ways to infuse these into different programs and protocols out there. But what's the best way, lad, for people to um, get access to your product? And if you could maybe share like your top one or two resources out there that you'd recommend to people to read or watch to learn more. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, our, our website, hvmn.com, we have a lot. I mean, I personally worked on that myself. Um, we have, you know, on the ketone science page itself, um, we have all the resources and all the citations, all the studies that showed, um, you know, the, the benefits of exogenous ketones. Um, under the FAQ um, sections, we have different use cases, especially for advanced use cases. Either you are you know, using for athletic performance, you're using it for recovery, or you're using it for metabolic health. Um, you know, the dosing um, guidance, all of them, they are available uh, either in the FAQs or in, in the help section or health center um, at hvmn.com. And feel free to follow me as well on Twitter and Instagram at Latman, so L-A-T-T-M-A-N-S-O-R. That's amazing. You've got me sold. I was, I was going old school. I like the slow burn. You know what I mean? I think that's actually going to be a better use case for me personally. And, and the clients I work with, that's not to say it's for everybody, but the clients I work with, they need that long, slow, continuous, like just yeah. keep me above 1.0 for six hours. That is money. So yeah. please, please keep iterating on the product. I know you guys have been really at the forefront of this science for years. I mean, you guys were really first on the market with this type of stuff. There may have been some other ones, but you guys really are first to bring it to the mainstream to yeah. the masses. So um, keep doing all of the amazing work that you guys are yeah. doing. We're, we're very grateful that you shared your expertise with us here today. And there'll be more coming between me. Heads Up and HVMN in the near future. So stay tuned. And uh, thank you, Lat. We're very grateful. Thank you for having me. Thank you.